0: Welcome in to the Denver Sports Podcast presented by Breck Avalanche Ale. Check them out. Enjoyed those on the live draft show last night. Boy, did those hit the spot. Uh, As always, find a Breck brew near you with the Breck beer locator. It's a draft pod takeover. If you don't know what the draft pod is, check us out every Friday or on the weekend on your DMVR Broncos, DMVR Rams, DMVR Buffs podcast feeds I've got the man, the myth, the legend behind DMVR Rams, Justin Michael. J. Mike, how are you doing? How are we feeling entering day two? Finally get to see the Broncos
1: make a pick. I'm stoked, man. It was kind of a weird draft. I was playing catch up because I had to run out to DIA last night, pick up the misses, but I don't know. Just kind of seeing how some of this played out. I think we were fairly spot on on some of it, and then we were dead wrong on, on others. Jameer Gibbs going 12 was certainly... Certainly a surprise, Woof. but one that excited me as a, a Jameer Gibbs fan. But yeah, I see what the Broncos do. It feels like the the possibility of a trade-up is in play. And even if not, I think there's a lot of guys in the third round that are really desirable and can help this team right away. So I'm excited to get into all of it.
0: Yes, lots on the table, lots of Broncos connections with that Jameer Gibbs pick 12th overall by your Detroit Lions, at the, the, the people's team right now. Jake, how are you doing today? I, I should introduce you better. DMVR Buffs' own Jake Schwanitz, the, the man behind thank Primetime you, Buffs. Buffs. He is here with us to recap it all, dialed year-round with Jay Mike and I. How are you doing, Jakester?
2: Fantastic. Uh, had a great night, one at draft. We had some great laughs. There were some reaches. There were some great picks. There was a wide receiver one uh, run. It was a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, if you missed it, you're like J Mike driving to the airport to pick up the misses. uh, Go to YouTube, check that live draft show from last night out. No Broncos pick. We had a ton of fun, lots of shenanigans, lots of laughs and plenty of a draft analysis on the AFC West and beyond. You can also see Zach's live reaction to the Jameer Gibbs pick since that was his dream pick for the Broncos. Anyways, lots of fun with that. Check it out on YouTube. And yeah, let's get into it. Day two of the draft is here. Broncos pick at the top of the third round, 67, 68. So we still have to wait. But hey, the day is here. Who are your guys' top five remaining guys and likelihood that anyone is still available by the time the Broncos pick? Then we can get into some trade-up scenarios. J-Mike, why don't you start us off?
1: Yeah, I've got at one, I've got Blake Freeland, the BYU offensive tackle. I just think the value is there. I think there's a possibility that he falls out of that second round and drops to to Denver, despite the fact that us on this pod, we all value him very highly and think he could be, you know, like an early second round type talent. So he'd be number one for me. Then I've got a uh, tight end Tucker Craft out of South Dakota State. Not sure he's going to be there or not. I think there's going to be a pretty substantial run on tight ends in the in the second round. And there's a couple guys that I like a lot more, but I do think he could fall to Denver and I think he's a guy that would provide just more options in the middle of the field for this offense. It's kind of been lacking for the Broncos for a while now. Part of that's been injuries. Part of that's been tight ends not working out, but I like him a lot. Uh, three. I've got Jake Hayner, the Fresno state quarterback. Ooh. I'm not sure it's it maybe a little high in the third round. I'd, I'd kind of rather wait until the fourth end and see if you get lucky there, but I believe in him. I know he's small. It's the year of small quarterbacks for me, Bryce Young and and Jake Haner; These are my guys. I just think he's a fun fit. I think system-wise, he would make a lot of sense under Sean Payton. And I just think he's a guy with really high upside. Um, Deuce Vaughn for Kansas State running back. I just want another playmaker that provides some type of pass-catching ability. They need something to shake it up. And then at five, we're going to have some fun. Um, Marte Mapu, he's out of Sacramento State. He mostly played slot uh kind of like nickel safety for them. He was kind of a rover guy that was all over. I think he'll be a linebacker at the next level, but he's a downhill freight train, FCS All American. Love his versatility. He has an 80, uh 80 inch wingspan at 6'3. Wow. He's really versatile in pass coverage. Um, his feet can be a little heavy at times and like against really elusive guys, I wonder if he's gonna have some trouble. But going downhill, being disruptive in the middle of the field, I think he's uh, just a perfect fit for what football is becoming. And, and that's just versatility.
0: Masterclass from Justin there. Some phenomenal names. All I think, credit to you, realistic names who could be there for the Broncos at 6768. Some fan favorites, some small school guys for the brand. Great stuff, Justin. If all five were available, let's take Freeland out. Who's the guy gun to your head? You can't move out of those that pick. you got to take four. Who's the guy you pulled the trigger on?
1: Uh, I think Mapu brings the most mm. for Denver this year, like but that. I think Hayner would be my favorite pick out of those four.
0: Beautiful. Jake, who are your top five best remaining or top five Broncos targets? However, you want to kind of split the atom on this one.
2: Yeah, I'll start uh, with my favorite, one of my favorite corners from this class, Julius Brents out of Kansas mm. State. He was six um, for me. I'm glad you covered him. Beautiful. I got you, man. Uh, this guy, I mean, tested out of control. I can't even remember his RAS. It was near 10, near perfect. Yeah. Um, had a great senior bowl. Needs to figure some things out in the NFL, um, just in terms of not panicking with the ball and just being more consistent with his technique and stuff. But I really like him as a player. Uh, John Michael Smith at center. Uh, This is probably an actual, like, you can fill a need and draft one of the better players available if they are able to get up in this range. Um, You get a new center. And then uh, I'll throw out your guy, Dre. Ade Adeboware out of Northwestern, man. Another guy who completely tested just, like, insane. um, Out of Northwestern, but the kid can play. uh, Flashes off the screen, pops athleticism. I'm going to throw out Marvin Mims, also wide receiver out of mm. Oklahoma. Great one. Uh, super, super speedy kind of slot guy. He can play some outside too, but a smaller dude, um, which is why he's still available. What is that, four for me? I meant four or yep. five. Four. Um, Zach Charbonnet, probably one of the better ah. running backs left, three down running back. Um, I mean, you need a Javante replacement or go get DeAndre Swift. Use that with one of your picks today.
1: Very interesting talk too much, Jake. Because I have a list here of just like guys I'd like to see (laughs) Denver target, and I have Brent's, John Michael Schmitz, Charbonnet.
0: I'm actually, yes, I'm remodeling like half my list because you guys took some of mine, which I love. We can spread a wider net. Um, top five on my board, I think, are all guys who realistically won't be around and are probably going to be gone in the top 15 picks of the um second round. Here's some guys I'm still hopeful who could drop or who I would heavily target um in the early third and I think there is a bit of a chance that they could still be around. One is Clark Phillips out of Utah, uh just a feisty phenomenal corner, played amazingly against Jordan Addison, a straight up dog, a guy who on the Broncos pod a couple weeks ago I compared to Darren Williams with that feistiness undersized physicality, um, ball hawkness, the exact kind of guy I want playing opposite PS2 because he's going to be targeted a lot and he's never going to back down from a challenge. He might lose some, but he's going to win plenty of, for you. And he's got some inside-outside versatility where he could um, be a phenomenal slot corner. But I think there are plenty of matchups with smaller speedier wide receivers where Phillips would actually be a great outside corner still. Blake Freeland's definitely up there. We're not going to get into that. Jervon Dexter, defensive tackle out of Florida. Defensive tackle's a bit back in vogue after yesterday's draft. We saw a lot of those guys um, in the first round, but Dexter, to me, is one whose just raw talent, pedigree, elite flashes are right up there with plenty of the guys we saw drafted in round one. His inconsistency, And finding a real role for him where he plays better as a nose tackle, but is probably more of a um, penetrating interior defensive lineman, is going to let him slip. And I'm really hopeful he could still be there. Dalen Henley, uh, the linebacker out of Washington State, super mobile, brings you some pass rush versatility, really like him. Keanu Benton, another defensive tackle. Wisconsin was phenomenal at the senior bowl. Really solid run defender, sturdy guy, um, but also brings you some interior penetration. I just think in general, the Broncos need more depth there. And then let's go with a developmental offensive tackle in Jalen Duncan out of Maryland. A little older, a little more inconsistent than some of the guys we saw going round one but I think the ceiling isn't that far off. Some of the guys we saw in round one, if there's a coach I trust to be able to develop someone with those kind of raw tools into becoming a high-end starter at one of the premier positions in the game, it's certainly Sean Payton. And uh, that's why I think Jalen Duncan would be a very nice pick at 67.
1: When he pops, he pops. Like there were some instances where that Maryland offense was really rolling and it's not like they had a ton of talent at the skill positions or in the backfield, it was really him and Talia just kind of making it all work. I would I'd love that. I'm glad you shouted out Henley though, because he has a relentless motor mm-hmm. and coming downhill. He's awesome as a pass rusher. He might be a little undersized, but I just think with, he plays bigger than his size, I guess is the way that I would phrase it.
0: Yeah. Big time. Um, And he just provides that versatility. And then, you know, like a running back like Kenny McIntosh out of Georgia would be amazing. I think doesn't, it gives you a very similar profile to a guy like Jameer Gibbs as kind of that scat back with some size to him. All right, boys, if there was a need in particular, obviously we are draft nerds and we know that the value lies in just taking the best player available who drops to you and the needs will sort themselves out through free agency over the years, but kind of a need you feel like uh, you're most worried about going into next season for the Broncos and that you would like to see, taken care of on day two.
1: I gotta go running back. Mm. I just think mm-hmm. with the questions of Javante's health, especially early on in the season, you need to bring somebody that's dynamic and kind of can make some plays out of that backfield. We don't know what happened with with Murray. You know, it sounds like he's talked to a couple teams. We'll see what happens there. But I just I think there's a lot of really talented backs that you could land here in the third round, fourth round, and, and just second, third round, I guess I should say. And, you know, really just improve the depth of this offense.
0: I would go center and I think it lines up really nicely that the no centers, no interior offensive linemen. Now Peter Skaronski is probably a guard at the next level. um, We're drafted last night though. And that means a really talented center class that is quite deep. Everyone's still available on day two. Lloyd Clean. Can you trade up for one? Potentially, yeah. Though you know my my guy is that Michigan kid. Um, and I think there is like a 50-50 chance he could still drop. So I'm I might get greedy and just wait for him to drop. Jake, who would your biggest need be going into day two?
2: Oh, man, it's tough to argue about the positions you guys said. I'm going to throw yeah. out corner, though. I mean, really outside of Pat Sertan, this cornerback room is not great, really right. young. Um, and they're getting by right now. But, man, you got to shore this up. You got to come away with at least one cornerback, I think, today.
0: Right. Just the the pure depth. I mean, Broncos fans don't need it explained when so many seasons you get to November and it's like, wait, who's our third corner today? Like how the the depth's just depleted. And we all gave out some good corner names. And this class is so deep that there are more, more that we could have listed off. There are more who could be trade up targets um, because we kind of saw the run on corner start late yesterday and some really talented guys who we haven't even brought up still around corner or any other position trading up who would be kind of, the target that you would say hey i know we had some fun talking about 15 guys each no repeats who we feel fairly confident could be there at 67 68 that we like but player x if he's available i'd move up to 40 to 38 to 45 wherever you need to get to take him because i think he's an immediate difference maker jake you want to take this one
2: Yeah. Um, if he falls to 40, man, Joey Porter jr. I think Mm. you got to go up and get, um, it's surprising. He fell out of the first round, but, uh, if he drops any more today, then you just got to go get him. Brian branch, I think would be a nice contingency plan too, for like a trade-up candidate.
0: Brian branch would be such a nice Kareem Jackson replacement. Justin.
1: I was going to say Brian branch. Um, I I love Joey Porter Jr. as well. I'm right there with Jake. If he somehow continues to slide, I don't understand why he has, to be honest. But um, another guy I would throw out just maybe not 40, but 45, Darnell Washington out of Georgia. I just think day one, he comes in and makes this offense better.
0: Yeah, 100% on Darnell Washington. Give him to Sean Payton and just like let's have some fun as dangerous a dual threat tight end as we've seen come out in a long while his upside what's well, merely speculative because we saw it in very limited spurts his upside as a pass catcher super intriguing I would endorse moving up for any of the guys you mentioned I'd also throw up Cam Smith the leader of South Carolina's defense phenomenal cornerback for the Cox ran a four, four has the size has inside outside versatility, not grabby, but super physical nonetheless. And, uh, you know, has a uh, good and off coverage, good in press coverage zone, man. I like him. He would be an absolute luxury pick to have opposite, um, PS two. I don't know what happened to him to kill him in this process. But for me, he remained a very, very highly graded player and my top cornerback in the class. If he was still around, much like Washington, much like Joey Porter Jr., I'd throw out Adetomia DeBeware as a trade-up target, and uh, Brian Branch, I'd endorse Foley, and Keely Ringo even, the Georgia corner, who we thought could be a top-10 corner uh, coming into the season. Didn't have a bad year. In fact, in the big games, I think, was Willie really played his best. Um Biggest question with him is going to be a little stiffness. But when you run a four, three, you've got plenty of recovery speed to make up for some of that stiffness. He'd be another great target to move up for
1: a couple of these corners that fell out of the first were pretty surprising to me. Big time, man, big time. But I think it's also teams thinking
0: like, Hey, we, uh, we can wait till the second because it's such a loaded class. And so there was less urgency, unlike some of the other positions where you kind of had the receiver where you see all four of the most valuable go in five minutes. Exactly. Um, Speaking of trade ups really quick. Do you do we think this spells the end of any Jerry Judy Cortland Sutton rumors? I think Judy for sure we can say yes, he's not getting traded anymore. But
2: correct me if I'm wrong on that. And Jake, where do you see Sutton? Um, man, um, Sutton's not on my do not touch list. So, uh, or not, not on my do not touch list. So, I mean, if you have an offer and you want to go get him, and I'd say go for it. Um, Judy, I think is safe though. And she should not even, we need to stop talking about trading. him. <laughs> Love it.
0: Jay Mike, you agree?
1: Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think if you were going to move Judy, it had to be because you were going to land one of those top, couple of receivers and outside of the Zay Flowers and Quentin Johnston's right. of the world I just don't really see the the benefit of getting rid of really the only guy we've seen be a productive playmaker and you know the last months and part of that's Patrick's injury that's not his fault but yeah I just with what we saw with Judy late I think you gotta at least go for it and see if you can get the best out of him
0: hundred percent. And honestly, I kind of feel like that about um Sutton at this point too. Uh, you know, the talent is there. I think he's got the exact right coach to get the most out of it. Uh, you could really have a nice little three-man monster under really nice cost control contracts with Patrick, Judy, and Sutton. And I just think if there's the right move up target, you can maybe finagle moving around someone else. Or you just use the picks you have, and um, let's not worry worry about trading any guys on the roster because I think you're just kind of devaluing what you have. Um, where they don't devalue what you have is at the great homies illegal Pete's man. Where uh, I mean, what 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 can you say about illegal Pete's?
1: What I can say about illegal Pete's is that it's graduation season and they are going to turn your grad party up guys. We want to have the best, you know, it's, it's one of the best moments of your life. You're graduating, whether that's high school, whether that's college does not matter. These are big time moments. You got to appreciate them, especially after the last couple of years, you know, we see just how valuable it is to get those type of things. Illegal Pete's delicious ingredients and customizable options are the perfect way to treat your guests to a culinary adventure they'll never forget to book your order head to catering.illegalpeats.com don't make yourself pull another all-nighter so book your graduation catering ahead of time congrats graduates uh, congratulations graduates that's a tongue twister you nice. did it <laughs> illegal peats your go-to spot for burritos buddy and beer we also want to talk about the homies over at game time much like illegal Pete's, they make the process less stressful, guys. You can buy tickets to your favorite events. You can do it fast. You can do it conveniently, and you can do it at an affordable price. They have the best seats and best deals around. They guarantee it. Um, I love, love, love game time. Snag the tickets without the stress. Download the game time app, create an account, use the code DNVR for $20 off your first purchase. Again, create an account and redeem the code DNVR for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Dre, Match. you got to give us this game time game of the week, though.
0: Imagine signing up using that code DNVR for 20 bucks off and getting a ticket to Avs Kraken Game 7. On Sunday, not scared of any jinx. Kale is back. We're taking care of business in the Pacific Northwest. We're bringing this back to Ball Arena, and you can be there to watch your abs battle it out to get into round two for under 110 bucks. Great deals right now. Maybe even better deal. I'm not supposed to do this. It's one game of the week, but you know what? I see Monday's game two at ball arena nugs against the suns you can find tickets for under 80 bucks right now and some really great deals for under 250 um in the lower bowl check that out incredible prices flash deals right now as justin mentioned use that code dmvr for 20 bucks off Woo! amazing stuff boys Last night was a pretty amazing um entertaining round 1. What were your biggest takeaways? Mine might be that the AFC just added two other young quarterbacks and there's really like no end in sight to this thing. It's terrifying, man. CJ Stroud Anthony Richardson, um, thank God the Raiders blew this pick, but Jay, Mike, you weren't on the stream last night. What was your kind of, I don't know, overarching takeaway, um, from Thursday night?
1: Yeah. I mean, obviously more talent in the AFC, certainly discouraging. I think you got to feel good if you're a team like, uh, Atlanta, you know, going into this year with none of the teams in your division, you know, really being, set at the moment. I think with the young talent they had adding Bijan, they already had a strong running foundation last year with Algier. You know, I'm, I'm excited to see what happens there. Um, a little surprised that Levis fell out of the first round, but not shocking. We've mm. talked a lot about him and, and Richardson, both being project picks off of that. I think Richardson's ceiling is a lot higher. So it makes sense. It was the guy that somebody was willing oh. to take a chance on. I am worried for him, though, that Indy is a spot where he's going to get thrown into fire, expected to play year one. And I just think that's a disaster scenario. So I am very curious to see what happens there.
0: Yeah, Anthony Richardson and that station Philly offense that was adapted for Jalen Hurts will be really intriguing. But the risk is also massive. And then how about those Texans going all in on CJ Stroud? Jake, um they are officially out of the Caleb Williams sweepstakes. Seem like on the other side of things in the NFC, everyone else was staying pat, not really adding a young quarterback, seeing if they can get up there for the top
2: quarterbacks in
0: next year's class.
2: Yeah, man, it's a, it's a choice. And um you're throwing CJ Stroud kind of to the wolves right away here, man. Uh this is a roster that is not good. <laughs> Uh, offensive line is okay, I guess, so at least he has that going for him. Um, but obviously, they felt the need to trade up for Will Anderson for a reason. Defensively, they're not very good. They allow quite a few points. Um, lack of weapons, too, at this point. I mean, I'm not trying to throw cold water on C.J. Stroud. It's just he's going from a pretty comfy situation where you have five-star recruits all over your offensive line and you're throwing to three of them at a given time. Uh, to a very, very different situation where Nico Collins is starting at wide receiver right now. So uh, we'll see. I mean, if that accuracy can, you know, translate over from Ohio State to Houston right away. And we see some of that C.J. in the college football playoff where he was running around against Georgia and extending plays and actually uh, taking off downfield. I would feel very uh, a lot more hopeful about his uh, future prospects. But yeah, it's a risk.
0: Yeah, not a situation um that's like ideal by any means at all. We also have some Broncos involvement in the first round in that final first round pick of the Rust trade is made by the Seahawks. Devin Witherspoon, undersized corner, kind of a surprise, not a system fit. Justin, you're making a face. What'd you think of that?
1: He was so solid at Illinois, but Man, that's, he's, he's tiny. He's He's just tiny and he feels very un-Seattle-like. I don't know. It was just, it was interesting to me that they took him that high. Um, I liked a lot of these other corners upside a lot more. I just don't really know from here, but if you're the Broncos or, you know, Broncos fans, I, I can live with that. They, they landed Witherspoon when, you know, they didn't end up with Will Anderson. They didn't end up Um, with any of the Georgia guys, that's that's fine with me.
0: Yeah, and tonight we'll see the final of those Russ picks, pick 37 in the second round. Right now it's Charles Cross, Boye Mafé, and Devin Witherspoon's the return for Russell Wilson. None of those guys terrify you. Um, While Jake on the Sean Payton trade of things, the Broncos draft Bradley Chubb, fifth overall ahead of Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. Hopefully we don't need to talk about that much more. Then they flip him at the deadline to um, the dolphins for the Niners pick, which becomes pick 29 and then flip that pick to the saints for Sean Payton. So would you wrap who selected Brian breezy, I've been calling him Bercy all this time, but that's, that's fun. A mercurial prospect. One of the that's greatest. How they
1: said it on the broadcast uh, Clemson. Like how we have been saying it is there how it's, I don't understand that this happens all See? the time in college. They're just Bercy. like, yeah.
0: See, there you go. We would draft guys. No, would you rather Brian Bercy, mercurial prospect? One of the best freshman campaigns I can ever remember. And then never got healthier. Really put it together the next two years. Um, Bradley Chubb, who you would have had to pay, or Sean Payton.
2: It's Sean Payton. Yeah, I think it's we can so, all agree. Yep. By so much, yeah. Um, Brian Brissy, I mean, great pick in terms of getting a younger guy. I mean, this is obviously a five-star recruit, a guy who, as you said, Dre, blew up as a freshman. This is just such a Saints pick, though. Even if mm. they had, like, Sean Payton, they love taking these project defensive linemen, edge guys, and always have. Uh, hasn't really worked out uh i can't even remember the guy's name from utsa that they took davenport i think a while ago that yeah, didn't Marcus really work davenport. out no. um i this guy's got some more predic pedigree predig- obviously so um i think i like his chances of succeeding more
0: yeah um i think that's really kind of a, a no-brainer there on sean payton yeah um Justin, favorite picks from last night, whether that's a pick you just thought was courageous, just a prospect you love, a prospect fit, great value, whatever direction you want to take this in.
1: Um, I'll just throw out a couple, not really like go super in depth because we've already talked about some of these, but I like that Atlanta and Detroit both just said, fuck it. Bijan and Jameer are transcendent Mm. talents going to take them high and not worry about it like I understand I don't necessarily get Detroit's thinking as much as I understand Atlanta's Mm -hmm. but I love those guys and I kind of respect those teams for just going for it um I like that Buffalo landed Kincaid although I think they could have used a wide receiver um and I love what Philly's doing getting Jalen Carter without moving up um just And then getting Nolan Smith at the end, that's, you know, four members of this, probably the best defense we've seen in in college football ever, and they're just bringing them all in together. I think that's really neat. Um, And then lastly, I'll just say, I think it's objectively hilarious that Aaron Rodgers went to New York. Every pass catcher, literally every single pass catcher available was still on the board, receiver and tight end, and they went defensive line. Just, just funny.
0: Yeah, that was um, that was really beautiful, Jake. Who um, who kind of got you going last night?
2: Um, I mean, of course, the running backs are very intriguing. I thought Christian Gonzalez to New England yeah. was a pick. It's just
0: perfect situation for it. the kid. Great athlete and just like incredible size for his athleticism. And, like, if Belichick does the Belichick thing and he has developed corners quite nicely the last few years, right. that could be a tremendous pick, yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, some people just do this draft thing better than everyone else, and that's Howie Roseman, too, in Philadelphia. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Can can we nerf him? Like what, what do we need to do to make sure that Philadelphia stops getting like all these Georgia Bulldogs and just falls into the great picks? I mean, at least they didn't get Justin Jefferson a few years ago, but man. And then uh shout out to Baltimore taking Zay Flowers. That guy's a mm. dog. That's your
0: guy, man. That is your guy through and through Zay Flowers. We are so happy he didn't make it, he didn't go to the Chargers or fall to the Chiefs. That would have been a truly disastrous scenario um
1: kind of cool that kansas city went with uh Andrew Duque duke Uz- the defensive and slash edge at K k-state with the draft in kansas i thought that yeah. was kind of fun
0: yeah for sure um i thought jackson smith and jigba to the seahawks was a perfect pick
2: oh, fantastic, he's just dude.
0: gonna be able to slot in to the slot um between dk metcalf and tyler lockett he's gonna be interchangeable with tyler lockett uh, he's just going to be outstanding. I I like him more than their fifth overall pick, Devin Witherspoon. Um, I thought he was just tremendous value at twenty and a tremendous fit, a tremendous situation for him to land in. I'm with you, Justin, a hundred percent on Kincaid, who might have just been the best wide receiver available. Um, I've compared him to Dallas Clark. I think he's going to be in like wide sets spread out sets and he's just going to feast. He's also going to be an added blocker in space for Josh Allen runs, which won't hurt. Um, His smile after they picked him was just like, Oh man, this guy's ready to go cook. And then end of the draft. I thought Miles Murphy is a perfect fit for that Cincinnati defense. That's just going to rush the passer with four. And he's a, he's a four, three defensive end through and through he'll get pressure and he's he's one of those guys who you the motor can run a little hot and cold well let's put him in a situation where you're you're making deep playoff runs you're playing a lot of prime time games and getting up for those um and paying him millions of dollars all of that should be tremendous incentive to get the best out of that kid and um anton harrison when the run on offensive tackles starts and kind of ends at 14 overall for the Jaguars to get an offensive tackle with the kind of pedigree and pass protection upside that Anton Harrison out of Oklahoma has at 28 after moving down twice from that spot and adding day three picks. I thought that was quietly one of the better maneuvers and um, picks of the entire first
1: round. Jags are set up pretty nicely here. Especially in that division and just with the uncertainty at quarterback with every other team.
0: Yeah, a hundred percent, man. They're looking really nice. And then um, when we do a couple head scratchers,
1: worst picks.
0: I mean, Jake, Jake, Jack Campbell's the one who really stands out to yeah. me. Top twenty. Oh yeah. It's He's a just, playmaker,
1: uh, but twenty—that's rich, man.
0: Yeah, and I mean. I don't know. It's all these Iowa guys tested way better than what the film shows. So at his size with what he tested at the combine, there, there might be some untapped upside. You just don't see it on tape all that much. Um, so I wonder if they can unleash him as more of a blitzer, get him downhill most often. Cause that's where he pops the most. I don't know, man, that's a, uh feels doesn't yeah. Already what you're
2: saying doesn't sound good. No, because it's
0: what I'm saying that anyone can be impactful downhill, right? Like that's, we're not scheming the defense. So that one of 11 can just like be a free blitzer going downhill. I mean, um, this isn't college. We don't just have a star linebacker that we funnel everything to. We need guys who are mismatch erasers. And I'm not sure that Jack Campbell is that it's funny how nerdy draft Twitter talks so much about running back value, but linebacker value, I think, is has probably decreased even more over the last several years. Um, and if it's not, it's because you bring something in coverage and Jack Campbell just doesn't bring enough in coverage to have justified a top 20 pick. A bit of a bummer for a Lions team that has a really fun trajectory.
1: Yeah, that was an odd one. They're yeah. Detroit, and again, I love Jameer Gibbs, but their their decision making in this one was odd. You probably could have got a corner at Absolutely. twelve and still got Gibbs at eighteen. So it's just a weird how they played it out. Um, we you already how... mentioned Witherspoon at tops, uh, going top five. That was surprising yeah. to me. Yep. I'll say Kalijah Kansi of Tampa, mm. and it's not because I have any beef with Kansi. I think he's an intriguing edge prospect. I just don't think he makes that team any better right now. And maybe I guess at some point you're going to have to move on from some of these veteran defenders that they've loaded a bunch of money into. So I should probably look into their cap situation before I rail them for it. But I don't know. It it just didn't make a lot of sense to me. I think you could have landed a lot of guys that help you right now. Um, but again, you know, maybe it's time to just reset in Tampa post Tom anyways.
0: I mean, it kind of feels like, yeah, we're in a holding pattern, and we'll see where we're drafting next year because that NFC South is prime for the taking.
2: This pick screams tanking. Yeah. yeah I mean, you have does. so many holes. You don't have a quarterback. That's what um, I mean. Yeah, like you could have got any of the receivers.
1: Take. You could have gone defensive line. Like, there's yeah. That he wasn't even the best edge prospect available. Like my miles Murphy was still sitting there.
0: Total luxury pick for a team who can't afford any luxuries going back to Detroit though, even the Gibbs pick, like I just questioned that process. Um, You had the sixth overall pick and that turns into just Jameer Gibbs at 12. That's not a good process. Um, I wonder if they were kind of rattled by the quarterbacks going ahead And they were really zeroed in on Anthony Richardson or CJ Stroud. And that completely nullified their plans. Because if this was a team that was targeting a non-quarterback, top five played out perfectly. You know, Witherspoon might have been a target. That was the odds-on favorite at DraftKings uh, to be their pick. But, you know, you still had Paris Johnson, Tyree Wilson. If you love Jameer Gibbs, why not stay at six and just take Bijan Robinson, Jalen Carter, of course, like every one of the top offensive tackles. I mean, every one of the best defenders that wasn't Will Anderson or Devin Witherspoon were there and you end up with Jameer Gibbs and Jack Campbell. That that
1: feels like that's a defense that couldn't stop anybody through the air. And as you mentioned, they added a linebacker that can't cover when all the top corners were sitting there.
0: Right. And I mean, how and every top pass rusher interior or exterior not named Will Anderson to pair with Aiden Hutchinson. What a luxury that would have been. Instead, you just drafted DeAndre Swift two seasons ago and you're already replacing him with Gibbs. Jamison Williams was your first round pick a year ago. Now he's suspended for a year. You traded away TJ Hawkinson. That skill position group does not look as good as it should look um and dan campbell getting a a little too fancy and sean paytony and thinking oh jameer gibbs is the next alvin kamara alvin kamara was drafted in the third and developed to be this guy you're just not getting the value anyways that's a long rant i should hand it over to jake
2: um i mean it's fascinating what they did though just from a positional value standpoint and I mean, we were kind of just singing praises for them a few years ago, that draft where they took Penny Sewell, you know, were patient yep. kind of did the right things. And um, yeah, I mean, I think they had to have been thrown off by the quarterbacks going or something. Cause I mean, I don't know what this is. Uh, you have Chauncey Gardner Johnson, but other than that, you have Emmanuel Mosley and Cam Sutton as your starting corners in 2023, man. Um, you traded away Okuda. You didn't actively go to replace him in this draft yet. Um you still have DeAndre Swift and you went after Gibbs. I don't really understand uh, their thought process either way. Um, the one that surprised me the most, I think, was 16, Emmanuel Forbes, just a 160-pound corner. I love the player too. Love him. Um, But just a small player uh, going ahead of uh, you know Christian Gonzalez and stuff like that is just weird.
0: On a six-foot frame, I mean, he has no muscles on him to be 166 pounds.
1: And... I'm six foot, 165 pounds. Just for reference. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa, J. Mike. Um, like, Yeah.
0: And I, I'd you be scared here, for you to, you to go out on an island. Yeah, um, yeah. I would die. Yeah. It would no, be very
1: bad. I, totally.
0: I would not. Yeah, can concurso.
2: you handle uh, a Derrick Hen- Henry sweep coming straight at you right now, Justin? Right, can you tackle right. him?
1: I might be able to tear his ACL if I die at a, dive at his <laughs> leg and get the right ankle and hope he trips or something. But, yeah, if he – I mean – Obviously, different caliber of athleticism. I'm just saying, frame wise, like when you look at me, I don't look like I belong on an NFL field.
0: It's uh, wow, what a way to put that in perspective for us. Um, that's crazy, and that's Justin. Despite you know, you'll you'll drink a Breck Brecca Aves ale once in a while to to get you up in the mid one sixties manual yeah force. i need it
1: honestly like i i'm i'm usually struggling to keep that 165 um which i know there are a lot of people who are like oh poor poor you um <laughs> yes but, exactly <laughs> yeah. breck brew has a beer for any occasion there's no better way to watch a game than having some ice cold breck brew on deck breck brew has been doing it for 32 years it all comes down to their love and passion for making good beer made with 100 renewable energy we stay in a globally conscious company especially actually out here in Colorado. But what I love most about Breck is just the endless variety. Um, You can't go wrong. It's summer with Mountain Beach Sours, or um, they have a new summer Shandy, which is awesome. But of course, it's still the Stanley Cup playoffs. Our Avs are still alive. And so I'm going with the Avalanche Amber Ale. It's the fuel of champions, and you can feel like a champion when you drink one. Check out the beer locator at breckbrew.com. Find a brew near you.
0: And we're so hyped to partner with our friends at Circle K. Uh, My closest one is by our old office right on Jewel just past Wads. right there. Uh, Great deals. Great friendly service. I put in my phone number. They get me taken care of. Kind of becoming a corn nut guy, guys, as a go-to snack. Um, Nice saltiness. Good crunch for me. And unlike some of my other favorite snacks, you know, uh, a Cheeto or Dorito, I'm not then leaving an orange stain on my steering wheel when I have that snack in the car after filling out that Circle K. What was that? What flavor? Mm, I'm more of like a, a classic OG corn nut. Oh, man, What's your go
2: Ranch corn nuts. Ranch corn nuts are
0: elite. This guy just knows, man. You you know balls so good, Jake. <laughs> um, I would. I'm also if the sweet tooth is hitting just right, can't go wrong with some gummies. But I also am a big fan of some peanut M Ms. Anyways, there's always a good excuse to stop at Circle K. I know, dude. I do it plenty on my drive to the DMVR bar. So check them out. And thanks to Circle K for sponsoring the. Denver sports podcast and DMVR. Visit the nearest Circle K and pick up all your favorite
2: uh little snacks. While you're Nothing. on your way. Oh, sorry, is this me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you okay. got it, baby. <laughs> While you're on your way to pick up those delicious snacks from Circle K, make sure you have your shady rays with you to fight off the haters and the sun. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company who offers a world-class product. Durable frames, extremely clear optics, and the best part about Shady Rays is every pair of sunglasses backed by lost and broken replacements. You lose or break your pair, Shady Rays will replace that. No questions asked. Uh, and exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code DNBR for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. You can try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people.
0: All right. It's the Denver sports podcast. So while we've got our draft pod nerdiness in, I wanted to play a fun little game. Broncos didn't have a first rounder last night, but there are plenty of great all time first round picks that we've, the franchise has made over the years. DMVR Broncos, the Twitter account put out a great graphic of the Broncos best picks at every selection over the years check it out there's some great ones obviously guys like john elway peyton manning champ bailey who came to denver via trade and some of your favorite you know late draft picks second rounders what have you aren't factored into this but there are plenty of natural first rounders to get into so we as the draft nerds that we are, are going to draft our top 3s, NBA style top 3s, big 3s over here, snake draft style. And um shoot, I should have a coin and do a coin flip to establish the order here. We're going to we're going to just do this. JMX going to start us off. Jake you're drafting second, I'll go third and have the back-to-back pick at the end of round one. Some great picks, Justin.
1: I think you got to go Von Miller, number one overall, best pick in franchise history. Um, Yeah, I mean, to me, that's a no-brainer.
0: Second overall pick in that 2011 draft. Everyone had him drafting a defensive tackle, um, thank god they didn't because those defensive tackles Marcel Darius and then the the Bama guy who the Auburn guy who didn't quite work out I can't I'm blanking also 2011 one of the great top tens of all time JJ Watson there, Tyron Smith and some big bust, that quarterback oh yes thank you Um, Patrick Peterson's also in there AJ Green Julio Jones incredible top ten and Vaughn maybe the best career of them all still going strong Bronco for forever. Yeah. Hard to argue with that one as the top pick Jake, who you got at pick two.
2: Got to take my guy DT, man. I mean, a legend, just one of the best receivers in Broncos history. Um, Weird start to his career, battled a lot of injuries, of course, had Tim Tebow as his quarterback, but really flourished under Peyton Manning. Of course, just an absolute dog, an all-timer
0: yeah and just one of the elite like size speed guys we've ever mm-hmm. seen and, and toughness as his career developed um those are some great ones you guys have left the door open and i'm gonna go old school on you i'm going randy Gradshaw, 1974's number 14 overall pick Best off-ball linebacker in franchise history, the leader of that '77 defense, an Ohio State legend, and a man who should absolutely be in the Hall of Fame. A middle linebacker when middle linebackers and running backs ruled offenses and defenses. That was the matchup to watch. He was going against you know the best of the best in the AFC, Lamb- Lambiers, guys like that, Lam- Lambert.
1: Lambert yeah
0: Lambert Lambert damn it <laughs> me and my name blindness um so yeah gradshire all the way and then floyd little i mean he's a 6th overall pick in 1967 phenomenal running back um franchise might have been moved if it wasn't for floyd packing packing the stands um and you know part of that great syracuse running back legacy so yeah, I'm going super duper old school, but I'm getting Grad Shire and Floyd Little off the board, snatching them up.
1: Good value too. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the right picks.
2: I'd say so. Um you remain in the sandwich to round me? shake. Yep. Yeah. Uh then I'm going uh Steve Atwater, mm. 1989 pick number 20. Give me the enforcer. My guy is uh the guy that ended Christian Okoye's career.
0: Yeah, no brainer pick right there. Um, a guy who I think could have played in all eras. Just a wow, what a train downhill. Um, and you know he's got the got the rings to to prove it too, and the Hall of Fame jacket. So yeah, not a bad pick at all. Justin, you have back to back picks now.
1: Man, I thought Outwater was gonna slide to mm-hmm. me, and I was gonna be able to to sneak in there and, and just dominate. Not so but, fast, my um... friend. Yeah, not so fast. Now now it gets a little interesting here yes. with these last picks. Um, I actually think I'm going to go Pat Sertan, even though he's less established. I just Ooh. think he might, like when it's all said and done, I think he's going to be the best player out of these guys available. Wow. Um, where I really struggle now, though, is like, do you go the best co- drafted quarterback in franchise history and Jay Cutler, despite the fact how it all played out, Clady had a great career. Al Wilson, you know, you get the nostalgia Mm, factor. Big Al. I want to go Wilson so bad, but I'm going to go Ryan Clady um, because I think he's probably the best tackle in franchise history.
0: That's a great one. What a fit in that um, Shanny system, man. I thought Ryan Clady was just amazing. Amazing.
1: I like Um... how that turned out. A little modern, but I like how it turned out.
0: So you're done. This is round three. You've got all three guys.
1: I got Vaughn, I got Sertan, and I got Clady.
0: Not bad. Not bad. Um, Al
1: Wilson. mm, Love it. mm. Somebody Uh, had to take him.
2: Yeah, man. I mean, this guy was like my childhood in a Broncos player, basically. (laughs) Yeah, he's he's a great I had an
1: Owlson poster in my bedroom that I think I got from 7-Eleven or like Conoco or something like that it was like a big <laughs> it was like a legit like big poster not like you know a little tiny yeah. crappy one it was sick
0: he was a and dog you guys went with some good ones forcing me to stay old school here it would be fun to make the Chris Hinton pick and say, well, he was the cornerstone of the LA trade, so he's definitely one of the nine best first-round picks of all time. <laughs> um, That's one
2: way to do it. It
0: is. It is. Thank you, Jake. It is. I agree. um <laughs> I think I am. And you know, I mean, Ashley Lee, who didn't live Ashley Lee as a kid. Trevor Price, I thought was dope for a while, though he left far oh, yeah. too soon. Um, and you know, I mean, case for Jay Cutler would be a fun one. I'm really torn between Lou Wright, though, uh, amazing corner, another of those foundational pieces for that 77 defense. Um, and Dennis Smith, the other half of that amazing um safety duo that the Broncos had with Steve Atwater. That they went to all those Super Bowls with and were able to really just be all in on that Dan Reeves system. And as any loyal listeners of the draft pod know, I've always had a weakness for USC prospects. And so we are going with Dennis Smith, the former Trojan, 1981's 15th overall pick, a two-time all-pro first teamer, a six-time Pro Bowler, and a Broncos ring of fame just a guy who was awesome to watch um so i mean you know grad floyd little and uh dennis smith i feel i feel pretty good about that three justin you said you had vaughn miller ryan clady ps2
1: yeah i probably would have gone dennis smith over clady if i i didn't see him on the graphic um yes yeah any of those guys i think are are in the conversation
0: love that you admit that loss um big victory for me jake Who would you end up with your your final three
2: i got dt uh mr atwater and al wilson
1: you might have the biggest fan favorite in terms of like yeah if that if that was a boy band like that's that's (laughs) the the top of the top you know that's like the boy band that has three solo careers afterwards and they're all stars on their
0: own he won the twitter poll i think is what you're saying i was yeah i was selfish with
2: my picks yeah
0: yeah fair (laughs) enough fair enough boys can't wait to see how it all unfolds today tune in on youtube as we'll have another live show all throughout day two check out justin on dmvr rams jake on dmvr buffs Because next season, I think we'll actually have some NFL prospects and some more excitement
2: in the first-round college
0: football landscape and maybe a first-round pick. You never know. Always a pleasure, fellas. This is my favorite time of the year. Avs in a big game six tonight. Nugs all-time series against the Suns right around the corner. Rapids, Rockies, everyone's in action right now. It's a great time to be at DMVR. Check us out. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. We will catch you very soon next week.